Let's get right into it. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I believe I've got a good one for you. God was still tearing me up with some stuff back there as I was even preparing, just getting some last-minute stuff together. Just kept showing me some more things. The title of my message tonight is Unexpectations. Unexpectations. Yeah, it's not a word, I know. If you're typing it, you're going to get a little red line under there. And uh, so just write out in parentheses, Pastor Mark said so. Just right out there, Pastor Mark said so. It's a word tonight. We're going to talk about unexpectations, expecting the unexpected. You know, uh, plans change, right? We've all been through that. We've all been through scenarios. We've all been through situations where you're expecting something. And uh, a church like this, we preach expectancy a lot. Uh, We might use a word called faith. Um, You might have heard of that one before. Uh, We might use another word called vision. Um, And that's all about expectation. Expectation is always proactive, not reactive. You can't expect something you already have. Okay? Expectation is always, I don't have it, but this is what I see. I don't feel it, but this is what I feel. I I don't uh, 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 hear it, but this is what I'm hearing. Expectation is always about something that has not happened yet. I'm expecting it even though I don't yet see it. And so, you know, we, we, we pride ourselves, we build ourselves on having an expectation. Uh, we talk about our services, and, and part of why our worship team comes up and does what they do uh, is, is to build an expectation. Um, I don't know if you came here tonight with an expectation. I don't know if you drove into the parking lot. I don't know if you were preparing yourself. But we kind of help you do that a little bit. You notice on Wednesday nights we're a little more to the point, and we do just a couple songs. It's a little shorter set. We don't just do that because we're in a hurry trying to get you out. We do that because we feel that on Wednesdays I don't have to do so much priming and pumping. You're here. You've already sacrificed. There's other things you could be doing on a Wednesday night. So in essence, you've already set yourselves that I'm going to get something. I'm not going all the way to church on a Wednesday night. It's dark outside. I got to get ready. Come on, I'm preaching now. I got to get ready for work tomorrow. I got to get the kids in bed. So if you packed and loaded the car and drove all the way up here, you're already in expectation to get something. Amen. So, you know, that's why we do that a little different on Sundays. You know, it's kind of the weekend, and sometimes people feel that they just go because, hey, that's what you do on Sundays. We kind of help prime that a little bit, change that. What are we doing? We're setting the stage. We're preparing your expectation. But what happens when you're expecting something and you're met with something unexpected? What happens when there's a change in plans? Maybe you've been crying out to God for something. Maybe you've been asking for God to move in your life in a specific area. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's in your marriage. And man, you're expecting, you're believing, you're calling it out, you're praying, but then the unexpected takes place. And that's what we want to look at here. And this story here in John chapter 11, uh, I believe, speaks to this. Uh, and, and let me just give you a little backstory. Jesus is about six months out from being crucified. He knows that his time is coming short. So Jesus is hiding out. Uh, it sounds weird to think about Jesus hiding out, but he knew there was an appointed time. 
there's an appointment. The devil can't take you out. The devil couldn't take Jesus out. The Bible says that he was a, a lamb offered up. He gave himself. The devil couldn't touch him. They didn't take his life. He gave it. And so uh, here in John chapter 11, Jesus is outside, uh, 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 you know, kind of away from everybody. And then he gets word that one of his best friends, one of his best pals, we know he has the 12 disciples, but he had some friends, man. And one of his best friends, Lazarus, is sick, still alive, but sick, is about to die. And so here, picking up in verse 1, picking up here in verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, not just any man, but a certain man, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. It's, it's interesting to note that that moment where, where Mary comes in and, and throws herself before Jesus and, and, and uh, uh, you know, does what the verse says here, uh, anoints him with oil and, and, and spends that ridiculous amount of perfume and wastes it on Jesus. Amen. There's nothing ever wasted on Jesus. But that led to a valuable relationship for Jesus. And he got to know the family closer because of that. So that's the family that we're looking at here. And it says, Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love, whom you love. So there's, you show the relationship. This isn't just somebody, this isn't an afterthought. You know, this isn't, I hear from you around, you know, Christmas and birthdays. This is someone you love. This is a valuable relationship. Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said this. Now watch this. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. This sickness is not unto death. This sickness is not unto death. Death means death. It means the end. Uh, most of the times we don't think of something beyond death. So when death occurs, the end, move on to the next thing. There might be a death in your marriage, but that doesn't have to be the end. Uh, there might be a death in your finances, but that doesn't have to be the end. It's not death if there's life after. See, we think about death as the end over finished, complete. But he says here, this sickness is not unto death. Look at it translated in the New Living Translation. We'll throw it up here for you. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. Isn't that interesting? Will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Watch this. Just because death may be in the equation doesn't mean it's the final product. Even if death is in the equation, it does not mean it has to be the final product. Let's go to math real quick. Got my math teacher right here. But product means the answer, right? The end result. Now, equations, they can get pretty crazy. 
they can get ridiculous. I mean, two plus two, and then we start introducing the alphabet. I was already having a, a hard time <laughs> with with numbers, and then we have to throw in the alphabet and just really complicate. Then we've got parentheses. Then we've got other looking parentheses. That's inside of a parentheses. And even though it, there may it may seem like it's falling apart on the inside, that does not mean it's the final product or the end result. And he's saying here that you see death as the end, but I see death as part of the equation because the death is actually going to bring glory to God, the product. That's the final product. See, you're concerned about keeping the thing alive, and uh, uh, God is concerned with getting the glory. That's two different products. You don't want the thing to die, and he says it might have to die so I can receive the glory. Because as long as it's in your hands and you can resurrect it, you don't need me. <laughs> right? Because medicine can get Lazarus better. Doctors can come in and get Lazarus better. But, but there's no doctor that can fix death. That, that you thought it was over, but I do my best work when you thought it was over. I do my best work when you get your hands off of it. I do my best work when you back up off of it and say, all right, Jesus, you're going to have to swing this now. The final product that Jesus is looking for is God receives glory. That's not a product that Mary and Martha are interested in. They're interested in their brother's life being restored. They're interested in their brother not dying and having to go through the heartache and the pain of losing someone so close to them. That's what they're concerned with. That's, that's their interest. But Jesus has a different interest. Now, notice, notice that Jesus gives, vocally speaks his expectation. He speaks his expectation. Uh, this is what I love about Jesus is is. Jesus knew what was going to happen in the end from the beginning. See, Jesus has an opportunity here. He doesn't have to raise Lazarus from the dead because he's still alive. And see, we always want Jesus to invade. We always want God to invade our situation before we feel the life has gone out of it might be your business, might be a financial thing, might be your marriage. And, and we want God to show up while there's still some breath in it, while there's still, it's still got a heartbeat, man. This, this thing is still processing a little bit. They're still taking in some oxygen and, and pushing. This thing has still got some life in it. So if you touch it before it dies. But see, Jesus knows the end from the beginning. So he speaks his expectation. His expectation is? This sickness is not unto death. Or as we saw in the New Living, this sickness will not end in death. He didn't say, notice, he did not say Lazarus will not die. He did not say those words. He said it just simply will not end in death. Even though he may die, he'll, he'll live again. So watch this. Jesus speaks his expectation, but then an experience shows up 
Let's skip on down here. Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me with this. It's in my head one way, and i got to speak it out. I wish I had two or three tries, but we're going to try to knock it out right here. He says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. That's the end result. That's what we're looking for. No matter what happens in between there, we're looking for God to get the glory and the Son of God to be glorified through it. Y'all got that? Now, go on down to verse 14. The same Jesus that just spoke those words that we read. The same Jesus. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, see, for the longest time, I read that like this sickness is not unto death, meaning Lazarus won't die. And now Jesus is having to come back. Jesus is having to come back and, and like, edit his template here. He's having to, to edit his expectation. Okay, uh, he, okay, he died, but we can work this thing out. We can, you, let me, I'm trying my best to get this out. Watch this. Raising Lazarus from the dead was not Jesus' plan B. It was in the expectation the whole time. You follow me with this? It, it, this isn't God. This isn't Jesus' backup plan. Okay, well, he died. Okay, let me, let me figure out something. I know I've got something in the bag of tricks here. Uh, what is the equation for when someone dies? Okay, we just resurrect them. I've done that before. Notice that Jesus intentionally waited four days. He's not even in a hurry to get back. Why? Because I've already spoke my expectation. When you speak your expectation, it is the final result, regardless of the experience. But here's what you and I do, because we're just human. We're not, we, we, we're not son of God, Jesus, that knows the end from the end. So we've got to step out in faith. We've got to be bold. But you and I, we tie our expectation to our experience. That's why in here, and when you're hearing me preach and we're, you know, got the, the cymbals crashing and the guitars going loud and, and, and the keyboards banging and we've got our singers just, I mean, they're singing like angels from heaven. And, and, and then I'm, I'm preaching a word and it, man, it's in your face and you're wanting to jump and shout and run and dance and do all that. The expectation here is one thing, but then you experience something different on Monday morning. And what happens? The expectation now Ties to your experience. Do not let your experience dictate your expectation. <laughs> Why do I say that raising Lazarus from the dead is not Jesus' plan B? Because his expectation is still that God will be glorified and the Son of God will be glorified through him. It's still the expectation. And in his mind, that's still possible. I didn't say he wouldn't die. In fact, I intentionally waited four days. Four days. But he's not moved. They come, they come and tell him. And in fact, Jesus is the one that says it. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus. 
Now, see, Mary and Martha, they had an expectation. Here's what we're going to do. He doesn't have long. He doesn't have long to live. So let's go send some messengers to Jesus. And if Jesus can get here before he dies, we know that Jesus is the one. That was their expectation. Not a bad expectation. Not a bad expectation at all. That might, you might have an expectation. You're believing God to come through in your life. You're, you're believing God to change some things. But how far are you willing to expect? How far is your expectation? How deep is your expectation? Is it, okay, if that doesn't work out, if my experience changes, does my expectation change? Do I still expect the same result? The first result that Mary and Martha were believing for is that Lazarus will be restored to life. He's still alive, barely. We know we don't have long. So let's go get Jesus because we know Jesus can heal while he's still alive. That's as deep as their expectation is. But now watch, watch what happens. Go down to verse 20. Now Jesus finally joins up with the crowd. You know that's not going to be a happy moment. Because, hey, we called you four days ago. I mean, if you do the math, he's only about a day's journey away. He could have made it there that night. He could have made it there within the next 24 hours, showing up, taking care of the Lazarus deal. You could have healed him. Look at all these other people you've healed. You, you, you spend all day healing people. And you hang out here four days. You could have been here. So in verse 20, we hear from Martha. Now Martha... As soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, here's the expectation. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. God, if you had been here, my marriage wouldn't be in shambles. God, if you'd have been here, my finances wouldn't be a wreck. God, if you would have showed up, I'd have got that job that I was believing. I was believing you. The expectation was there. Favor goes before me. You open the, the right doors and you close the other doors. And, you know, you start, start quoting the Bible back to God like you know it better than he does. You start quoting your expectation. God, if you would have intervened in my situation, it wouldn't have died. I don't know what has died while God was waiting. But I'm here to tell you today, it ain't over. It ain't over. Your product might be different than God's product. Did we ever stop and think about that? Did we ever think that maybe we were asking for something that was different than what God was asking? Maybe God's just wanting to get the glory and you're just wanting to get the answer. Come on now. You're wanting the answer, and God's saying, I want the glory. You can get the answer on your own, and I can, you can remove me from the equation. But if you want me in the equation, I get the glory. And it might happen differently. See, this is why you can't tie your expectation to your experience, because what you experience might be different than your expectation. This is how we end up double-minded. This is how we end up on the sand. This is how we get tossed to and fro. This is how uh, our house that we've spent all this time building 
ends up a wreck when the trials and the tests and the storms came. Peter had an expectation when he stepped out on that water, I'm going to go to Jesus. But then when he looked at the storms and when he heard the winds and the waves raging around him, he began to what? Sink. That's different than his expectation. I can promise you Peter did not step out on the water expecting to sink. His experience was showing that. But how do you keep the expectation in the midst of the experience? That's what I want to show you tonight. And we'll spend the next three hours talking about it. I'm just kidding, just kidding. That's Sunday. All right. <laughs> no one's coming Sunday. You're like, oh. that's all right, Pastor Mark. You record it. I'll get online. I'll listen to it while I'm driving or doing the dishes or doing yard work. Sure. Sure you will. All right. So do we only believe? Do we only believe the expectation as long as we have the experience? Do we only believe that we're going to get the end result? As long as everything lines up. So this is what we do. We put God in a box. We put God in a box. Okay, God, this is going to happen. I'm going to put in my two weeks at this job. And tomorrow they're going to call. The new job's going to call. Now I'm going to be able to transition right, to, right from one to the other. And so you go and you put in your two weeks and they don't call. And now it's two weeks and still no one's called. And you're thinking, God, okay, fine, maybe that wasn't the job. Now I'm, I'm starting from scratch here. I was believing you. I was trusting you. I had my faith in you. This is my expectation. And he's got, a, he's got another way of showing how he can meet your needs in between the two jobs when you don't even have a job. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, this is good stuff, man. This is some... You know it's good when I don't even have notes for this stuff. I'll have to go listen to this myself just to get these notes. She states her expectation. But her expectation was tied to her experience. As long as you get here before he dies, he'll live. But here's the exciting part. Look at how Jesus responds in verse 25. Well, go to verse 23. Let's just look at it. Verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And once again, Jesus speaks with one expectation and she has another. Look at her response to this. Your brother will rise again. Verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again. In the resurrection at the last day. (laughs) Jesus is thinking... No, right now, before your very eyes, he's going to rise again. And she's thinking, yes, I know, one day we're all going to get to heaven. We're going to see our relatives again. We're going to get to worship together, sing Kumbaya. Jesus, you're right. You're you're so good putting things in perspective. You're right. Worship you, Jesus. Same experience. Two different expectations. But look at verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am. Boom. I am. I am. What does that mean? I am. 
It means I don't change. I am the word that was the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am. So watch this. Your experience may change, but your God never does. It doesn't matter what your experience says. It only matters what God says. And if he says this sickness is not unto death, then that means this sickness is not unto death. It doesn't matter what happens in between. It doesn't matter what experience shows up. I am. It's not I was as long as I could get there. It's not I will as long as things line up the way you thought them to happen. But no, I am the resurrection and the life. She saw resurrection as an event. One day I will get to see Lazarus because he'll be resurrected in the last day. But resurrection is a man, not an event. It's not a date on the calendar. It's a person you come into contact with. And the second resurrection showed up. It allowed the expectation to be fulfilled. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die. Now he clarifies his statement all the way from the beginning. All the way from the beginning. All the way four days ago when messengers showed up and said, your friend Lazarus, whom you love, is at the point of death. Come quickly. And he speaks a word, and he says, this sickness will not end in death, but it will give glory to God, and the Son of God will be glorified through it. And now he clarifies that statement. Even though he dies, he shall live again. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asked the question, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Look at the Amplified of verse, 20, verse 26, the Amplified. And whoever continues to live and believes it, has faith in it, cleaves to and relies on me, shall never actually die at all. Do you believe it? What's he saying? Your experience doesn't dictate your expectation. Your experience doesn't dictate. He says, even though you may experience death, you actually won't even die because you've believed in me not the experience. I don't know who this is ministering to. Now, I don't know uh, who of you in this room has had something die recently. A hope. A dream. You've experienced death. What's death? Death just simply means ineffectiveness. If you're dead, you're not affecting anything. If you're dead, you're not producing anything. Anything that's alive produces something, is giving something. Maybe you've got finances that aren't giving you anything. They're dead. They're cut off. It's ineffective. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a job. Maybe maybe it's just a hope and a dream, an idea that you had, and you just can't get any life to it. 
But Jesus says here, don't believe in the experience. Believe in I am. Some of you may uh, may have uh, something that God sets you up with. It may be a hope or dream that he called you to. And it's starting to die. Maybe he has died. You're thinking, God, you're the one that put this in my heart in the first place. I wouldn't even have this idea. I wouldn't even have this dream if it wasn't for you. And he's saying, are you believing in the experience? Or are you believing in my word? Are you believing in the experience? Or am See, Jesus spoke the word, the expectation. And notice, he has not changed. He hasn't changed. He hasn't moved off of his expectation. He has the same thing that he said before everything happened is the same thing he's saying after it happened. Can you go through the hurt and the pain of watching that thing die and still have the same expectation after that you did before? Do we come in here and get an expectation about what God can do? And then we go there and on Monday morning we watch the thing die and we say something different than we were saying in here. This is the question. Is your experience dictating your expectation? But notice Jesus is not allowing the experience of Lazarus dying to change his expectation. Your experience may change, but your God never does. Now let's skip on down. Skip on down to verse. uh, Let's get down to verse 40. Uh, let, let's, let's go to 39. 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away the stone. Why? Because I'm about to resurrect my expectation. <laughs> uh, that, that, that thing that I said way back there, four days ago, way back, uh, about 120 miles away, about a day's journey away, uh, uh, notice that there's no time that's holding the expectation. There's no geographical location that's holding back Jesus' expectation. There's no experience, situation, or circumstance that is holding back Jesus. He still has a stone. He said, take away the stone. And some of us are like Mary, or Martha here. The sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. I wonder what God is asking you to take the stone off of that you're afraid to take the stone off of because it's been dead so long. your expectation isn't there. See, Martha doesn't have the same expectation as Jesus. Martha thinks the stone will get rolled away and death will come out. And Jesus knows that when the stone is rolled away, life will come out. I wonder what Jesus is trying to speak and resurrect in your life and you haven't pulled the stone off of yet. Your stone is keeping your miracle from being resurrected. (laughs) It's time to move the stone. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to move the stone. It's time to move the stone. It's time to get the stone. Jesus is calling out. He's speaking out to the thing that has died, and you've left the stone on the grave because you're scared of what's going to come out. Goodness. Makes me want to 
flips some chairs, man. I mean, I'm literally, I'm literally getting this on the spot. I mean, I was getting it back there. Jimmy was like, you got something else for me? I told him, I said, I'm done. I'm done. We'll be here all night. And so here you go. I hope you're taking good notes. I might need y'all to email me some notes or something. Lord, by this time, there's a sense he has been dead for days. Her expectation. It's been too long. What have you been saying? It's been too long. All right, we got to go. Next point. Next point. Verse 40. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you? If you got a Bible you're allowed to write in, which you should, if you don't have a Bible that you can't write in, you better go get you one that you can write in. But you need to underline that. You need to highlight that. You need to star it. You need to put circles around it. Did I not say to you? When? At the very beginning. Four days ago. What's he referring back to? His expectation. He's referring back to his expectation. Four days ago. This sickness will not end in death. But God will receive the glory. And the Son of God will be glorified through it. He's going all the way back to verse 4, guys. We're, we're, we are in verse 40. We're 39, or, oh, no, that's not good math. 36, told you, told you. Could I put it this way? He's 10 times as many verses ahead now. Why is that a point? Because I wonder how far along you've gotten that you don't even remember what God said to you in the first place anymore. Not only have you changed your expectation, you don't even remember God's expectation anymore. Did I not say to you, some of you might need to go pull out some words that God said to you. Some of you might need to go pull out some some prophecies and some statements. Somebody came to you one day and said, I see a businessman inside of you, and it's coming out. You are going to have more money flow through your hands than you've ever seen before. And you threw it in the trash. And Jesus is saying, did I not say to you? And you're saying, but God, the finances is dead. The business has died. There's no life in it. There's nothing coming out. It's unproductive. It's ineffective. I've put it in the tomb, and I've already put the, the stone on top. And he's saying, take away the stone. And did I not say to you? That if you would believe, you would see the what? Come on, you can say it. It's not a trick question. You would see the glory of God. All you care about is the answer, and all God cares about is the glory. Goodness, man. All you care about is seeing life. And he says, this ain't about Lazarus living. This is about God being glorified. This has nothing to do with Lazarus. This has nothing to do with Lazarus. Notice they don't even mention the sickness. This is not even that big of a deal. What did he come down with? Who cares? But so many of us focus on what killed our thing. Right? Well, if I wouldn't have done that deal, I'd still have all the money. 
If I wouldn't have married that person, I'd still be. If I wouldn't have gotten that job. Come on now. Come on. Don't look at me like that. What we care about is what killed the problem. And it doesn't even mention it the whole time. We don't even know what killed Lazarus. Man. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes. Lifted up his eyes. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Have heard. Have heard. Have heard. Heard. Have heard. When? Four days ago. I have heard. You have heard. Four days. 120 miles away. 24 hours away. Have heard. When did God hear Jesus? The second Jesus spoke his expectation. Let me tell you something, guys. You get what you expect. You get what you expect. Jesus got what he expected. It didn't matter if it was four days ago. It didn't matter if it was an entire day's journey. It didn't matter how long the guy had been dead. Didn't matter what had killed him. Didn't matter where he was laid. Didn't matter that there was a stone. I mean, he's removing every excuse possible. Every excuse possible. Get it out of the way. He said, thank you that you have heard. Past tense. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this. That they may believe that you sent me. I mean, that, that almost sounds kind of like a selfish statement. I, I, this situation is one of my best friends whom I love. This is all taking place so that people will believe in me and believe that you sent me. Why? Because in six months, I won't be here anymore. And if people don't believe in me, the book of Acts is never written. Romans never takes place. Paul doesn't have a Jesus to persecute Christians about and then write two-thirds of the New Testament after he's converted. Do you see what I'm saying? So that people will believe in me. Maybe your situation is bigger than you. Maybe what you're going through is to reveal something completely different. Jesus doesn't say. He could have easily said, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, so that Lazarus may come back to life. And he doesn't even mention Lazarus in the reason, the purpose, the end goal. But yet that whole situation was to set people up that now you may not have believed when I fed 5,000. You may not have believed when I walked on water. You may not have believed when I turned water into wine. You may not have believed uh, when I cast out those demons. You may not have believed. But now, after a man has been dead four days, now you'll believe. 
so that the people standing around you may believe you sent me. Isn't that the foundation of our faith? I mean, if you don't believe that God sent Jesus and Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again, you can't be saved. (laughs) Maybe the scenario that we're in, maybe this thing that we're going through isn't even about us. It's about everybody that's watching us. I wonder who's watching your expectations. I wonder who's watching your expectations. So watch this. He says, Father, I thank you. Back in verse 41. Father, I thank you. Let me give you the key. Let me give you the key to to keeping your expectations. What happens when the experience changes? What happens when the unexpected comes? What happens? You expect the unexpected. You expect the unexpected. And you say this. Father, I thank you. Notice he's saying thank you before Lazarus comes out. You know what most of us do? We wait for the thing to be resurrected before we say, Oh, God, thank you. You wait to throw your hands in the air until your things come back to life. You, you, you wait to give God all the glory and all the praise. And, man, you are on your knees. You're throwing it down. You're crying like a little baby because you have it back in your hands again. But Jesus isn't waiting for Lazarus to walk out of that tomb. He is thanking God before he even sees the miracle. Why? Because his uh, ex- expectation is not tied to the experience. So watch this. Your exaltation of your expectation will change your experience. Your exaltation of your expectation will change your experience. Yeah, I picked three words that start with EX for a reason. Because now you'll remember it. You won't forget it. Maybe you've quit declaring your expectation. Or let's take it a step further. Maybe you've started declaring a different expectation determined by your current experience. Your exaltation of your expectation. Can you have the same attitude when you're in it that you had before you got it? Before everything fell to pieces, Man, you're telling everybody. You're telling everybody about what you're expecting. But then experiences show up. Things start to break. Money starts to get lost. Friends start to leave. Relationships start to deteriorate. And now we're saying something different. But your exaltation. Your expectation will change your experience. Change your experience. Verse 43. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound, hand and foot, 
to pray for him. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let it go. Loose him and let him go. Please sit, please, if y'all come up. Loose him and let it go. Disappointment. You may have heard this before. I didn't make it up. That other stuff, well, God made it up, but that didn't come from anywhere else. But this one came from somebody. I don't know who. I wouldn't give him credit even if I did. But disappointment is the result of unmet expectations. Disappointment is the result of unmet expectations. I wonder what expectations you've had that have gone unmet and resulted in your disappointment. What have you endured? What have trials and tribulations have shown up? You were okay believing God could do something while it was sick, but now it's dead. Now there's no life. not breathing, no pulse, no heartbeat, no brain waves, no life. In fact, you might be in this room tonight and you may have already buried it, put it in the tomb, rolled the stone on top of it, and walked away. And you're okay with knowing that one day, one day I'll get Just like Martha, I know in the last day he'll be resurrected. But maybe you need to get your expectations. You know, Romans chapter 4 tells us that Abraham had hope against hope. The definition of hope is a confident expectation confident expectation. What? I have the same expectation regardless of my experience. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it may be 25 years later. Uh, I, I might be 100 years old and beyond childbearing days. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I've never been able to have children my entire life, but my expectation isn't tied to my experience says that Abraham against all hope in hope. Maybe your experience is trying to dictate your expectation, but you need to keep the expectation that God has. I could have titled the message this way. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Get your expectation back. Confident expectation. That my expectation isn't tied to what's happening. My expectation isn't tied to what's going on around me. My expectation isn't tied to what they said. My expectation isn't tied to what the bank says. My expectation isn't tied to what the job says. My, my expectation isn't tied to who's president. My expectation isn't tied to what the stock market's doing. My expectation isn't tied to any experience around me. My expectation 
is God's expectation. A confident expectation. You got some homework. You got some homework. But you're going to have to throw your hands in the air and you're going to have to say, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you heard me. And if you need to correct your expectation, go ahead. Go ahead and get the dialogue back. It's been a long time since you talked that way. But go ahead and start talking. Yeah, God, I thank you that you're sending me the right person. That you're sending the right relationship to me. Father, I thank you that you are resurrecting my finances. I worship you. and I, the, the bank account is delinquent. The bill collectors are calling. And you're throwing your hand saying, I thank you. Take away the stone. You're going to have to roll the stone away. And let Jesus call out to the thing that he gave life to when he spoke it. Let Jesus call back out. Finances come forth. Job come forth. Relationships come forth. Marriage, come forth. Come on. He's calling out. Get the stone out of the way. (coughs) Get the stone out. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that we have a confident expectation in your word. We have a confident expectation that what you promised, you will perform. Yes. (coughs) Yes. Yes. You will perform. We have our hopes up. We have our hopes up. That's the very thing that people say when they don't want you to be disappointed. Don't get your hopes up. Ah, but God is saying, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Father, no longer will we be moved by our experience, but will remain steadfast in our expectation. I thank you that you <laughs> will receive all the glory and you will be glorified through us, your sons and your daughters. We will reveal the Son of God and those that are standing around us that doubted, that spoke against us, that said, go get your hopes up. They will believe in you because it's not about us. It's about you receiving the glory. You receive in the glory. You receive in the honor. We thank you for this in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen.